Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're well, um, I'm fresh off the back of UK FBA Finals, um, it was probably one of the only shows or maybe the second time this season a show hasn't really went, um, hasn't really went our way and um, but you know that that, that kind of happens in the sport, long story short. Greg and Chris, who have done tremendously well this season, went in um, to do the finals. Their look was rewarded a few weeks beforehand at a regional, and then they ended up getting fifth and um, no placing, which um, at the time it was hard to take. But then, as you sort of, as I contextualise and rationalise it as the, the hours went on after stage, it was it was easy to understand the result. Um, Chris is a big, big guy, and you could FBA. Uh, simply say that for them he's too big for um, the men's physique federation criteria whereas uh, you know the week before that he'd won at PCA which is an untested fed so you know you just got to take it on the chin and be like right well that federation they they see men's physique as more like an entry level and then they say that you must move up to bodybuilding thereafter so you're like right that's him done within the UK FBA scene um, Gregor the, the, it was probably the harder result to take of the day um, Gregor got called centre stage um, first call outs and was held there for a few rounds and then on the last set of rounds he got moved from first to fifth and then awarded fifth and that that was kind of really hard to take at the time but then as again as you rationalised it you went right well the top three top four were all quite tall all quite slender and um, Gregor has got a big old V taper um, quite a big big poppy around muscle bellies um, and that, that just wasn't the look that it was rewarded um, which was you know probably one of the first times I've been at a show where I've seen someone be held centre and then be moved to fifth you know usually maybe you'd get moved from first to even a second or a third they have a look at someone else in the middle and, and whatever and you know you're kind of there thereabouts but very rare to get moved from first to fifth so really still don't understand why they didn't just Put, you know, call him fifth in those first call-outs um, originally. Uh, but hey, that's just the way it goes. You take it on the chin and, you know, he'll come back better and Chris has got a show this weekend and I know he's going to do do well. But I think now more than anything, everyone at this time of year is starting to talk about and, and realise uh, that, that next year is right around the corner. You know, that first, first show the start of next season is about 24 to 26 weeks away, depending on which fed federation that you do. So now's the time where you really got to be thinking about the season in general. What you do, where you go, who you compete with, what shows you do. And, and I figured I would do a little bit of a podcast, kind of like I did last year, um, talking about 2023, but obviously do one this year, talking about 2024. And I guess it's a combination of what I've learned this year um, and my understanding of the, the sport of the the different federations and the different criteria and judging within those federations has, I think this year my eyes have been opened and, and learned a lot more. And I have always been quite strategic planning client shows, but I'm going to be even more strategic next year just based on kind of what I've I've seen. And I guess where I'll start is, and I'm going to obviously keep this within the UK if you're listening to this and perhaps you're competing um, internationally, uh, this this podcast might not um, might not give you very much information. But I'm just going to keep you within the UK because that's where I predom- my clients predominantly compete. I'll have one or two that will go abroad each year. Um, but where I think that 
my clients do well, where I know the criteria very, very well, um, is within the UK. Albeit, there's still like, you know, the bikini criteria international, that's pretty easy. Uh, men's suit criteria international, pretty easy, and as is bodybuilding. But in general, if you are a first timer, um, you're probably wondering, right, well, there's so many federations, what's the, what's the difference between them all? And the answer is, well, not much apart from potentially consistency of judging and how your show experience is. So the cream of the crop, as everybody knows, is uh, PCA, and some may argue two bros. I would say that, you know, two bros is great, but unless you want to be a pro, I'd probably compete elsewhere just due to the pricing of it if you're struggling financially. Um, I think you could probably get three shows in for the price of one class entry for that federation. Uh, but the cream of the crop's PCA, and having competed myself before, it is ran impeccably well, down to the, the T really, um, of we start at this time and then each category, the person backstage is like, right, you guys are on this time, this time, this time, start pumping and blah, blah. Just ran really well, really nice experience. And I think that Ryan, the head judge and the owner um, is, is phenomenal in regards to how the consistency he wants show to show. And the placings uh, are that you know he'll pick the the first callouts, and I think that the judges that are to his left and his right are very, very, very consistent in what they want. Other little kind of smaller federations, um, I think the experience is really well, and they give back to the athletes. Of course, sometimes the the judging show to show can be a little bit different, and that's just where you need to um, to be kind of cautious. But everyone will think like, right, okay, well, if PCA is the best, I'm going to do PCA first timers. Of course, you can do. Typically, PCA first-timers will be the busiest shows of the year. Um, some of the PCA first-timer standards are incredible, like higher than some of the regionals. It's it's awesome. Um, I think that if you are going to compete, if you are... this, I want this to come across in the right way. If you're good, <laughs> do, do PCA. If you're like not sure, or if your coach is like, you know, I mean, get your coach to be honest with you, right? Don't go until you feel like you're good enough to place in the PCA show because if you're going to place in the PCA show, you're going to place everywhere else. But here's how I would um, here's how I'd do it. You could do PCA first timers as your first show. Of course you could. Or what I sometimes like to do is I just like to pick a normal regional. And what, what I'd do instead is I maybe think like, right, well, let's say PCA, like, this is your first timer. Let's say right, PCA is your main show. That's the that's the big one that you want to do. That's your cup final, as you say. Well, why not start off and do a quarter final, and then do a semi final, then do the finals. Right, this is how I'm going to pitch it to you. Start off by doing a federation that's maybe a little bit like let's call it like a little bit of a lower tier, right? So if PCA is the the top of the Premier League, start off by doing a Division One, or you know bottom to mid of Division uh, Premier League table. I, I guess that's the easiest way I could pitch it to you if I'm referencing this to like a football um, a football league. So let's think like, right, you're a bikini girl. Okay, well, maybe, why don't you start with like uh, an NFM UK or a GPO show. Ones that have kind of first timer slash beginner categories that you could do, but also give you an opportunity to do another class on that given day. Why is that important? Why is that beneficial? Well, as your first, as a first timer, it gives you more experience. So then that second, second time you go on stage, 
you're not as nervous, you know what you're doing, you know what to expect, you know where to walk, you're confident, it flows better. That shows in your posing. So let's say on that one given day at NFM UK, you compete in two separate categories. Maybe in one of them you win your pro card, your NFM UK pro card or GBO pro card. You then compete in the pro show. There's three opportunities on stage in the one day. Boom, job done. Second show, this may be dependent upon the results in the first show. But second show, you maybe think, right, actually, I want to kind of do um, similar sort of level. So maybe you jump in like a, a UK UP or as I said, like a GPO or, or, or whatever that may be. Um, again, opportunity there for you to do a couple of a couple of times on stage. And then in your last show, you go do the PCA regional. Why is that a good good strategy to do? Hypothetically, before you step on PCA stage, the main one you could have competed, you could have stepped on stage five times. You know, I think that as a first timer, that's hugely beneficial for the stage presence, uh, the confidence in posing that is, let's face it, in bikini, it is so, so important and is often the difference in the separator between um, first, second and third and so on and so forth. Now, if you are a seasoned competitor, it doesn't matter when, you know, when you do PCA or, or, or whatever fed tubers or whatever it may be. Just, just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take um, my client Stacia this year, for example. Had competed last year. This year was her second season. Her first show was PCA, uh, Bikini Masters. She won. Right, Her second show was then GPO uh, the week after, where she won two of her classes and then went on to win the overall. So my strategy, I suppose, would differ from between first-timers and seasoned competitors, for sure. Let's also have a think about the time of year. So if you're a first-timer, you typically will maybe not want to compete towards the end of the season. So the season in the United Kingdom goes from like the middle of March up until, well, even the end of middle of November, really. Small break, and then it starts up again. So what you'll find is that the shows that have the highest standard and calibre of athletes will always be September and October, right? If it's PCA, it's starting off. Um, your PCA Manchester's, Birmingham, Midlands, Yorkshire, uh, Central, all those ones. Majority class is going to be pretty stacked. The top three are going to be very, very good. And all of them are going to be capable of going on to place and do very well at a British. So in your first season, again, there's levels to this game, right? In your first season, you think like, right, well, maybe I'm going to go from having never competed for, before to winning a British title or being of that calibre. So you think, right, maybe be a little bit smarter about it and think, right, well, actually, I'm going to, I want to compete when it's maybe a little bit quieter. Right, well, why not just do the the, the summer? So you get the busier shows, the start of the season, and at the end, the summer tends shows tend to be a little bit quieter. And in my opinion, the standard isn't quite as good. Um... We all want to, let's face it, we all want to compete on stage with loads of people of a great standard and win. Of course we do, but let's just understand where our, like, maybe perhaps your level is um, to start off with. So again, you follow that similar strategy, as I said, towards the start of the podcast about when you, whenever you um, compete as the first time and then your main one. Do you need to have a main one that you potentially peak for? I mean, I think that you can peak for them all, like be 100% ready for them all 
and you'll be absolutely fine. But by the time you get to your last show, and that's why I always suggest a run of shows, by the time you get to your last show, you have a lot of data to work with and then you can base what you do for that last one off of the look that you've seen in the previous two shows. A lot of my clients will tell you this season that what we did for their last show was a little bit different than their first show, whether that was more food, less food, um, the use of natural diuretics in the first show and then the use of pharmaceutical diuretics in the last show. Whatever it may be, there was little tiny tweaks that we made to help refine the look. And what you'll typically find is as those shows go on, the results may get better and better. Now, don't get me wrong, some people might win, 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 of course, but some people might go from coming second, second, then all of a sudden win, all of a sudden overall, overall, like based upon what you've done, of course, there's a combination of they're getting better as an athlete, like their posing, their confidence, the flow and all that, but also as a coach, like you're just, you're just getting better at refining the look. And it's a combination of those two things that ensures the athlete gets more successful. There is very, very rare you would see an athlete get worse. One of mine anyway. I don't mean to sound big-headed there, but I think that there's a lot of the industry a couple of years ago of like, oh, you can't do back-to-back shows, your physique will get tired, your physique will get um, worn out, you won't look as good, you'll look wildless. I'm like, well, bollocks to that, you just don't know what you're doing. Usually people use those excuses when they maybe binge after a show or the show the week after and they can't get back on the diet and then all of a sudden they fuck it off or they go and looking soft or whatever. It's easy to manage these shows back-to-back. You know, the reason for this podcast, I put up an Instagram story today which went through... um, multiple examples that I've had of athletes this year having done like five, uh, seven shows in five weeks or, um, you know, three shows in three weeks and all, all clients winning, doing well, winning overalls, um, placing highly, you know, top two in every single show. And it, well, that only comes from experience. If I tried to do that with athletes, when I first started putting people on stage in 2017, I wouldn't have had a fucking clue what to do, right? Whereas through experience, um, you, it gets easier to manage. It's mostly, in my opinion, it's managing the mental aspect of it for, for, for athletes than, than anything else. Um, because when you have like high-caliber athletes, like they stick to their food, they do their cardio, they train really hard. Um, but it's keeping someone grounded and level, um, I suppose is the the biggest challenge and you obviously need to if you've got like say five or six athletes doing that you often have to coach people a bit different and manage multiple different personalities and um characters and that's that's fun that's really fun in my opinion now let's um let's think about a different scenario let's say like you are fucking good like you are really really good and your coach thinks that you maybe have a potential of a top three perhaps in a british um, British finals or pro quali when would you compete well I don't think you'd compete at the start of the season because let's let's say you did let's say you compete in April and May you then need to maybe have 8 to 10 weeks more like kind of like a reverse diet not pushing up much hard not lo- not loads of flexibility still a fair bit of cardio then you're back dieting again dieting twice across the year it would surely make more sense to diet later on in the year my preference would probably be still have you do a show more towards like the end of August, start of September, rather than late September, um, where the qualifiers are maybe starting to get a little bit harder. 
fuck, I was at PC Manchester start of September. That show was fucking stacked, right? So that that's where I'd still say, right, maybe compete towards the end of August, see how the first shoot, first shoot, couple of shows go, then do a harder qual, like do a hard qualifier. So let's say you did like a show mid to tail end of August or two shows. Maybe you then do like PCA Manchester or like you do whatever it is. You know, I'm, I keep saying PCA, but this could be NFM UK. This could be Two Bros. This could be FedEx. This could be UQP. Whatever Fed you want to do. Hypothetically, this general trend that I'm talking about follows suit for the majority of them. The standard gets better and better. It's just that with PCA, it's always going to be busy. With some of the, the like the quieter feds or feds that aren't quite as established, like the standard can vary from show to show based on the amount of competitors that show up, based on the amount of shows that are on on that given day. Like on the one day in the UK, you'll maybe have like a PCA show, a Tubro show, a FitX show, an NFM UK show, you know, so then the athletes are spread. Um, but then let's see, so let's say you did a PCA Manchester, see how you did. And you think, right, I want to do finals. Cool, do that. But then I'd recommend doing another qualifier at the start of October. Because that one will probably be harder or just as hard. When you look at like the PCA Central that just went this past weekend, the photos, I wasn't there, but the photos and the videos I've seen, like phenomenal athletes. Absolutely phenomenal. So that's just where you see where you, you stand. There's levels to this game, right? And the, and the first level is to compete. The second level is to place at a show. The next level is to win. Then the next level from that, or the step up would be like try and win a, an overall at a regional. After that, like cool, try and place at a British. Or you could easily say placing at a British, winning overall regional is kind of roughly the same standard. Then you say, right, winning a British. Then you say, right, winning overall at a British. You know, there's levels to that game. With every level that you move up, there's a certain amount of time and time frame you need to add the muscle or the certain amount of muscle that you need to ascend that ladder, ascend each level. And you can't just go from never having competed before to winning a British title, winning overall a British title. It, it, there's levels to that game that come from muscle maturity, time in the sport, experience, knowing what show to do and where to go to get that result. I know that sounds quite silly, but sometimes like, I think that a lot of the athletes competing internationally are a good example of this. They're maybe trying for their pro card and they have like, you know, they go to Romania, don't get it. They go to Alicante, don't get it. They go to Sweden, boom, they get it. Or Poland, they get like, you know, they just keep chapping on the door and all of a sudden, like all the stars align one day, the right set of judges, the right set of athletes are competing against the right look on that given day and boom, they get their chance that's what bodybuilding should be about. It should never be about, oh, I did one show, I didn't place, or I didn't do as well as I thought, so boom, I give up. That's not how it happens. Think of like a football team in a league. They maybe win a game, you know, they win a game, they win a game, and all of a sudden, like, it's a draw. They win, and then all of a sudden, like, they lose a game. Oh, shit, right? They're not going to just end the season because they lost a game. They've still got these other games as the season goes on, right, to see where they finish in the table. And that's, I think, how you should approach shows as well. Of course... Let's say you do three shows, you do incredibly well. Um, where do you go from there? Do you instantly go to a British or do you, not, you know, do you knock on the, the head? I think that the best person to give you feedback should be your coach, like bollocks, uh, bollocks to get in judges' feedback. They, those, those judges are fantastic at what they do, but they're very, very busy as well and they'll often need to give you feedback based upon photographs they see. I think if, if anyone should give you feedback, it should be your coach that's there on the day. 
they just say right you know what you've done incredibly well but I think that's us wrapped up for this season for you to get better for you to do better like get better results you have to go away and you have to get better you have to get like bigger delts or bigger glutes or bigger quads or whatever it is you need to do and just setting realistic expectations um, I have an athlete I trained with yesterday and the original plan was to compete 2025 and they're asking me to compete next April and May and I was like as it honestly I don't think you, you I don't think you'll do any better I don't think you'll be ready on the other enough muscle mass and that's me being honest it's maybe not what they wanted to hear at the time but you got to be honest you absolutely got to um, because otherwise you put false expectations um, in someone's head and it doesn't go their way and they're just going to feel worse and they're going to have a bad experience from that so as a, as a coach you have a duty of care to just be completely realistic with your athletes and only put them on stage when you feel they're absolutely ready if you feel they're not going to be ready don't let them step on stage don't be that coach and I was like this when I was in my younger days don't be that coach that just you go oh it's fine they're not really that ready but we're just going to pick this quiet show anyway just like put them on stage when they're when they're absolutely ready for it um and that is it's just that's just suppose my opinion um so there's lots to consider when it comes to competing next year you then need to think about right well when should you hire a coach I mean if you're going to compete early in the seasons it needs to be now if, you, if it's not now, the people you're competing against and that will do better than you are already working with a coach. They've already been posing. They know their eye walk. They know their posing routine. They know the mandatories. They know the quarter turns. That's that's it. You know, I, I look back at my first show in 2017. I actually didn't place in that, but I started working with a coach in 2016 and I competed the middle of 2017. Just shows you that time period that was, I thought was needed and I personally needed, yeah, to get the size on. Um, don't be wrong, I have, pl- I have plenty of clients that will come on board for our prep each year and then we'll leave after a prep. That's just it's part of being a prep coach. But you have to consider, uh, like, give your give your coach, give me, a, give me a little bit more time to understand your body, to work through the kinks of your training, your posing, your execution, whatever it may be, so that when you go into prep, it's smooth sailing. Like, don't come to a coach on fuck all calories and high carb cardio like come to a coach early so they can help build your calories up taper expenditure down so it makes your prep overall easier you know you don't want to be making it too hard for yourself so i don't care if you're going to compete in a year's time towards the tail end of uh, the season in fact i took a bikini girl on yesterday um and her goal was to compete the tail end of next season i'm so glad she came on board now she, she's incredibly lean, she looks fantastic, just needs needs a bit of a gaining phase, needs to put more size on. I think she can compete whenever the fuck she wants next year, um, whenever she does that. But that's someone that's coming to me as a first-timer for next year, and I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful she did. And any time I look back at this year, last year's results, the year before that, they all they all came on board with plenty of time to go. Um, and I encourage you, I implore you, uh, you might not get coached by me, you might get coached by... You know, whoever, any Tom Dick or Harry, but go to them sooner. Like, just give them a little bit of time. Um, is what if there's anything that you take back, take away from this podcast? I hope it's that that you see the value, because people, ah, oh, I want to save a little bit of money. I want this. I'm like, I get it. I I do get it. But in this sport, often the people that do the best have coaches. Some male bodybuilders will coach themselves. However, look across any of the top three in the past few weeks. If it's the bodybuilding scene, they all have a coach. Whether that could be Tom, could be myself, 
Could be Martin Winston. Look at the Bikini Girls. Look at the Fair Girls. Could be Dan Welburn's girls that are doing well. Could be Rob Shars. Could be mine. Like, it, they all have coaches, the ones that are finishing the top three. So just let that ring let that ring true um, as you get about your day today or tomorrow whenever you listen to it. But listen, guys, I hope that you are well. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's podcast. Remember that wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans. <laughs>